0: On today's podcast, we got a chance to catch up with Kendra Barnes, aka The Key Resource. She talks with us about her journey towards building her real estate investing empire, why it's important to normalize black wealth, and why you should always remember that you're worthy of being wealthy, too. I hope you enjoy today's podcast.
1: This is why the normalized black wealth thing. Um, a previous, one of our properties, the police came out to investigate something, Um and they needed to speak to the owner. And we were house hacking, like I mentioned. And so I'm the owner. I'm there. Like, and the police didn't basically did not believe that I owned this four-unit building in D.C. And I had to go into my file cabinet, pull out the deed, pull out my ID. And even then, they were like, well, we want to talk to your husband. And so here I am, wow. this young black girl. Yeah, and the police are like, we don't believe you. You need more people. Like, wow. why? Why can't it be normal that I that I'm
0: an owner. Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Achenpalm, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's going on everybody thank you for tuning in to the legacy and lifestyle show once again I'm really excited to have Kendra Barnes on the show today so I'm gonna give you guys a really quick background on her uh, so Kendra is an economist by day a real estate investor by night she created a key resource to change the perception of what real estate investing is supposed to look like Kendra owns and manages four properties eight rental units in total and is in the process of buying another She's on a mission to empower and educate millennials about building wealth through real estate. And she's been featured in Forbes, Black Enterprise, and so much more. So with no further ado, Kendra Barnes, a.k.a. The Key Resource. How are you doing today, Kendra? Hey,
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I am doing great. I'm doing great. So thank you for coming on the show today. I'm actually really, really excited to have you because I know a lot of folks are interested in uh, real estate investing. So I know you have some gems for us. Yes,
1: thanks for having me.
0: For sure, for sure so kendra and i originally connected back in december i think it was like just i'd say the melanin million movement had, had launched um about a month prior and so she sent us a really encouraging message telling us to keep up the great work and i had ironically enough came across her profile like a couple of days before and was really impressed by the work she was doing so in true entrepreneur fashion, we decided to do <laughs> to do a collab. Um, she had a, a great concept for a t shirt idea, but she currently um, was not producing t shirts. And as you guys know, as a part of the and Million movement, we do uh, sell apparel. So um, we we took took her idea and ran with it. My team and I produced the shirt. She came up with the great uh, slogan and catchphrase, which is "Normalize black wealth. And those shirts are still uh, being carried in the store today. So if you have not gotten yourself one, make sure you go get one. Definitely. Yep. Yep. So as I mentioned, you know, Kendra's an economist by day, which I didn't know. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's food for thought. I did not know you were an economist. I guess let's start there. So how did you, how did you venture into that career?
1: yeah it's even more random than being an economist i'm actually an agricultural economist so i work for the department of agriculture currently um and i got into agriculture because at the time there weren't enough minorities in ag Mm -hmm. so they were giving out full ride scholarships to go to if you went to an hbcu and you majored in agriculture they were given full rides and um I jumped on it because my mom told me she was like, "If you get a full ride to college, I'll buy you a car." So I'm like, "Look, what do I need to do to get this (laughs) car?" Right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But it's a really cool program because I ended up—you get not only do you not pay for any of your schooling, so I graduated with no student loans. But you also get like a paid internship every summer. I got a job as soon as I graduated. I didn't even interview for it. Like I literally walked into a government job, which is really cool. Um, but that's how that's how I got into it, and I still work my nine to five
0: um, to this day. Awesome. Well, that connects some dots for me because you went to A and T, right? Yes Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you went, so you went to A and T. So I get the agricultural piece of it. Went to the HBCU, and you said you got a government job, which makes sense why you were in D.C. But now you're based mm-hmm. in Texas, right? Yeah, so my husband's job moved him,
1: well, moved us out here, and my job let me work
0: from home. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I've been there so long. They were like, okay,
1: we guess we'll let you work from Texas.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. You know, so before I get into my originally planned question, I think this is a great teachable moment. So if you guys don't already follow Kendra, know who she is. I mean, she is all over the place when it comes to in a good way when it comes to real estate investing, in a good way like she like if no, you're, I... yeah if you're on the internet and you and you google real estate investing I'm, I'm certain at some point you will come across kendra and so the fact that she's able to do that and she obviously owns and operates her real estate investing business but still works nine to five is a teachable moment so I, I, I think a lot of times people see us online And they think like, oh, man, like I just got to jump out there and I got to be a full time entrepreneur and I can't build this side hustle. But you absolutely can. And on top of that, I think and we'll probably get into this um, a little bit more in the show, though, because of real estate, it's a passive way. Well, to a degree, I know there's a lot of effort that's involved, but it's a passive way to create income for yourself. So you can still do your nine to five while you're building your, I guess, quote unquote, real estate empire. So I just wanted to kind of tangent there because I didn't I didn't even know. That you were still working your day job until um, you sent your bio over. So definitely, folks, if y'all are listening and you think that you have to go full time entrepreneur from day one, that's not the case. And Kendra's a prime example of that and how she's strategically building out her business. So kudos to you in that Thank regard. Thank you.
1: Now, don't don't get it twisted. It is very hard um, because we do self manage our rentals. Like you said, we have you know eight doors total, so that's a four unit apartment building, a duplex. A single family a condo um, and then we own the house we live in we're working on another rental like right now um, and we live in Texas and our rentals are on the East Coast so it's not easy and there are days when I'm like I could quit I mean yeah we own so much real estate like I could quit but at the same time like I've been doing this job for so long and it's helping me invest you know so I'm working on it. I'm not going to be juggling both forever, but you're right. Like it is doable. And I think in this social media age, there's this tendency to put pressure on people to leave their nine to fives. So it's really hard to kind of discern like what the best path is, but people shouldn't do anything that's outside of like their goals and their financial situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Social media is an interesting place. I'm, I'm glad that we can use it and leverage it to build our businesses, but actually to your post, I think it was last week, maybe yeah. uh, like, Hey, build real businesses. Like don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Like social media is fleeting. It's Insta fame or, you know, whatever it is you think you have. Like if you don't have a real business outside of IG, like you might want to rethink what you're doing. So Right. But yeah. <laughs> I, I love that post. So now, okay. So let's get into a little bit more of, I guess the real estate investing. So tell tell us kind of how you got started and why like like were you at work one day and you just you know what like i'm gonna go buy some property like like just tell us how that transition happened and what sparked the interest into real estate investing
1: so um like i mentioned i was living in dc i had grad i went to grad school as well um and i graduated with no student loans Jeez. um yeah it's,
0: so you, i've been very fortunate so um, I you, went to I'm sorry I'm mean, to interrupt so you not only do you have the keys for uh, real estate you got the keys on not graduating with no debt either can we get the secrets yes
1: I would <laughs> love to share that that's like a whole other podcast yeah like, um, okay
0: well we'll have to have I, you I back would,
1: yes I would love I'd love to share that so I when I graduated grad school moved to DC got this government job and what I tell everyone all the time is not any fault to like my parents or anyone in that generation but I feel like we were fed this narrative to go to school and get a good good job preferably a government job and then the advice kind of ended there no one said like save and also don't mess up your credit
0: and also you can be a landlord you know yeah um there's so much emphasis on like
1: getting this good job and working until you're like 85 (laughs) right (laughs) um and so that's all I was doing I met my husband we got married we bought a house and we never ever ever considered buying any other house in our life like we we arrived we had arrived we were not saving money but we were living very well like traveling five to six times a year um getting like custom closets built in our house we were in a movie theater room like we, we were just living but not we were living well but not building wealth because no one had kind of planted that seed in our minds um so we played this game one day called Cashflow. Have you played it?
0: I have not. Please tell me more about it.
1: So Cashflow is a game by Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: Um, and it's like Monopoly, but I, I actually hate Monopoly. But I love <laughs> I love Cashflow because it um it mimics real life. Like you have a, you have a profession, you have bills, and you have to get out of the rat race of life. So the rat race could signify you know you're nine to five or living in debt or living paycheck to paycheck and the only way to win is to make smart investments whether it be stocks or real estate gotcha so we played that game and we left and we were like oh my gosh like the way that real estate moved the needle to help you win really set off this trigger in our minds like why are we investing in real estate like what are we doing with our money um, and literally the next day, I kid you not, we were looking for our first rental, like just from playing that game. We were like, we're living life all wrong. Like, what the
0: heck? Yeah. Wow. That's it. That's, that's dope. So, you, so a game led you to the thought of real estate investing and that's cool. That's cool. That, that sounds like a game that more kids need to be playing. Yeah, yes. Okay. That's how you got your start. Okay, so how did you come up with the the name, The Key Resource? Like, I, I love that name. Like, how did you come up with that?
1: Um, it kind of has, like, a double meaning because, of course, like, keys and real estate, you know, that kind of makes the obvious connection. But right. um, the hidden meaning in there is knowledge empowers you. So, K-E-Y, knowledge empowers you. Oh, right. Um I really want to be like a source of inspiration and empowerment to people who never really considered that they were capable of being real estate investors. And then even deeper than that, I don't think a lot of black people think they're even worthy of wealth. And that's Mm. like a whole other thing, right? Knowing that you're worthy. First of all, like, yes, you can be wealthy. You're worthy of it. Um, and so I think that knowledge and that kind of like empowerment is a he-
0: part of that, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Worthy of wealth, and that's and that's so true. And I think that's why it's so incredibly important the work that you do, um, and a lot of other folks that are kind of in this this circle of whether it's you know investing in the stock market or just general financial literacy or real estate investing, um, because representation matters. And so to see uh-huh. people that look like you that aren't this, you know, esoteric, super, you know, larger than life figure, people that literally went to the same schools as you have the same background as you, you know, teaching you about wealth, I think it, it makes it more tangible. And so I think that's why it is very important that, you know, folks like you decide to, you know, step up to the plate and uh, educate people because you don't like you could really just get this knowledge and go buy your properties and people see you doing what you're doing. And it's like, Oh, you know, just, this is something that I do, but you have, you know, voluntarily decided to, you know, share this wealth of knowledge, which I think is, is very beneficial and impactful. So kudos to you. Thanks. Also, if I'm not mistaken, so you have like some like online like digital courses as well, right? Like or some content that you offer when it comes to like real estate investing. Is that is that true? Yeah. So I
1: have um, like two signature courses. One is called Zero to Multi. It's about like how to get your first multi-unit property because I love multi-unit properties Um, then the other one is called the real estate summit and it's me and five other investors really talking about like the different ways to get into real estate investing because there's so many ways Um, for me I'm a buy and hold investor meaning I like buy property and rent them out but people do wholesaling flips I mean tax deeds tax liens and I really want people to start out better than I did start out better than my husband and I did Mm -hmm. because when we started we played a game and literally like jumped in we didn't know anything we didn't we, we didn't even know there were different ways to to get started different ways to finance and we made some really expensive mistakes and so my biggest thing is there's no reason that we should have gone through what we went through and made those mistakes in vain like why can't people learn from what we did and what where we went wrong and why can't people start out better than we did you know
0: so yeah, yeah. that's
1: what the premise
0: is got it got it okay so you mentioned that you're a buy and hold investor so I know there's a, a number of approaches to real estate investing and there's no one size fits all but why is buy buy and hold your I guess your investing choice when it comes to real estate um
1: because with like say for instance flipping I mean if if you think about the concept you are making a lot of money in a relatively short amount of time which is cool like nothing wrong with flipping at all but your money I mean you know cuz you you're like financial guru right your money is only as good as what you do with it right. so if you make $40,000 in two months cool but what about longevity like um, and that's where rentals come in you have like this long-term cash flow um, and by owning a piece of real estate, like owning that asset, there are tax benefits. Um, you own an asset that is ho- hopefully appreciating over time, so you have like equity. You can there are just so many different things you can do with a rental property, and I think it's important to you know just diversify your, your portfolio. So I that's why I love rentals, but yeah, you know, to, to each his
0: own. For sure, for sure. To that end, I know you mentioned that, you know, you and your husband were living pretty well. I mean, you had no student loan debt. You know, you go, you both obviously probably had great jobs. You still have that job to this day. And you guys were, you know, living life and uh, sounds like decking out the home that you guys were living in. So my question is for a lot of people, their first and only thought of, of real estate investing is owning the home that they live in. What Where some people will argue that owning a single family home and the home that you live in is not even considered real estate investing. So kind of what is your, your thought process or approach to the, uh, the, the idea of owning your own home or the the single family home? And how does that incorporate into your real estate investing strategy, if at all?
1: So I do want to clarify though, we were like, we were living, we were living the life. Um, but we weren't rich. We definitely were not wealthy. Um, and we, in order to afford that first rental property, we actually ended up pulling from our retirement account, which I know all the financial gurus <laughs> and everything are like, grigey, grigey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which it, it really isn't wise for most people. It worked out for us, thank God, because yikes, uh, we made more money on that money than it was making in the retirement account. But it's not going to be the case for everyone. Anyway. Um, but that's what i'm saying like preparation is so important and that's why i'm so big on getting people started better than me because there are other options like you can actually prepare better and not have to do that um but to your point about like single family homes not being an investment i see where people are coming from with that but for me home ownership gives you options so say you own a home and i don't know you lose your job or you come up on hard times or whatever you now have options. You can sell the house. You can rent it out. It can become a rental property. So just like owning an asset gives you so many options to me, like more than just renting. If you rent and you come up on hard times and you lose your job, like you have nothing that you can, you know, kind of leverage. leverage.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a good perspective. And I think, uh, you know, I've heard it put, you know, different ways and there's obviously several different schools of thought, but, The way you put it, I think is actually is a fair perspective, right? So to your point, like, yes, there's, there's, you know, risk or expenses that are involved in owning a home. But if you were to come up on hard times and you were to, you know, lose your job, it does give you that option at least to say, hey, well, maybe I do need to sell or maybe I do need to rent this out and maybe, you know, go live with family in the interim or it it at least gives you options. So I I like, Uh I like that perspective for sure.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely risk involved with, with any investment. I mean, especially real estate. For us, it's been worth it. Um, and another, another thing, too, that I don't think people realize is, like, if you're trying to build real wealth, like, from the ground up, which most of us, I'm going to guess, are building it from the ground up, you have to do things that most people won't like to get there. Yeah. So... Um, if it comes to living with your family before you buy your first house or your first rental to save money, you know what I'm saying? Like, really thinking outside the box, like, for us, we, to get our second rental, after we pulled from our TSP to get that first one, we got addicted, and we're like, oh my gosh, we're making so much money, this is crazy. So, to get our second one, we sold both of our wonderful cars, and we downgraded to a used, busted, like no name car we still drive to this day and we're worth millions and we we still drive the same car because sacrifice you know we're sacrificing to get where we want to be
0: wow that's huge because you know and this is actually one of the themes that i'm really going to start bringing to light and it's that most people's financial woes it's not about the fact that they don't they don't have a good good enough job or they don't have enough money saved up it's really about entitlement Right, it's like uh-huh. I feel like I should be living this certain lifestyle at this point. Right, no, uh-huh. you your lifestyle needs to map to your ambitions or what you say you want uh-huh. Right, I think a lot of people like they're afraid to downsize because of what that will look like to society. When all actuality to your point, you guys are worth you know millions at this point, but you're living a lifestyle that maps to your long term ambitions and your long term goals, and most people are so concerned about what they feel they deserve in the short run and more and more importantly what it looks like to society in lieu of what actually yes. aligns with what they want so yes I, and I it's love hard it is hard yeah
1: it, it is I mean I for the, the car thing for me wasn't too bad especially living in like a metropolitan area we barely used both cars we took the metro um, but we're out here in Texas and we still only have one car which is still fine because I work from home all day mm-hmm. but when we bought our four unit apartment building we house hacked meaning we lived in one unit and rented out the others that was a huge sacrifice but we would have never been able to afford it if we hadn't um house hack and that's one of the things i talk about in one of my courses but um just that like mindset shift it's something i still struggle with every now and then like keep sacrificing keep working that nine to five keep driving this you know not so fancy car it it is definitely something that you have to constantly like work through
0: yeah and would you say that the mindset shift happened, like kind of in the same time frame when you just got hip to the idea when you played the game, or was it after that first property? Like when did it, I guess you could say, ultimately click for you? And I know to your point, it's a recurring thing that you have to remind yourself, but when would you say like it clicked for you? Like we gotta, like we gotta keep doing this. Oh my gosh.
1: Um. <laughs> so no, our first property, we we wouldn't have even had to actually, we would not have had to pull, pull out of our retirement if my mindset had been there and my husband was trying to tell me he was there, I wasn't there he was like, cause if, if we would've house hacked in that duplex, like if we would've lived in one and rented out the other we would've only had to put like 3% down rather than 25% that is a huge, huge difference, right? yes
0: but I was <laughs> like
1: I was like i'm not moving in this one bedroom apartment and giving up my big house mind you we have no kids no dog we had this huge house i'm like i work hard every day i have two degrees like i went through the whole thing right Yep. um but in hindsight just that short-term sacrifice we would have only had to live there a year it's just us so that that first time around we, we you know we wasted money and i've learned from it but that's why i'm like trying to shout from the rooftops like please y'all do better than me
0: right be better than me got it got it so let's take a a little bit of a pivot real quick so you know being that you are you and your husband are landlords and you have was it eight is it eight units total you said Mm -hmm. okay so what is the crazy i know sometimes you'll post like like the life of the landlord type um behind the scenes things like what is the craziest thing that you've had to deal with as a landlord? Because it seems like you, you, at this point, I know it hasn't always been this way, but you seem kind of calm, cool, and collected. You got a good system. You got somebody who, you know, can go to the site and, and handle whatever the issue is. But like, what's the craziest thing you've had to deal with uh, up until this point?
1: Oh, I'm trying to figure out what I can say without fear of one of my tenants hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's something really crazy. And this is why the, this is why the normalized black wealth thing. Um, a previous one of our properties, the police came out to investigate something um, and they needed to speak to the owner and we were house hacking like I mentioned and so I'm the owner, I'm there like, and the police didn't, basically did not believe that I owned this four unit building in D.C. and I had to go into my file cabinet, pull out the deed, pull out my ID and even then they were like well we want to talk to your husband and so here I am, wow. this young black girl yeah and the police are like don't believe you you need more people like wow. why why can't it be normal that i that i'm an owner
0: mm. Mm.
1: so that has always like really stuck with me and even talking to my peers when i explain to them this is what i do this is what we own it's kind of like like one of my co-workers she literally calls me an heiress because she doesn't believe that i could have achieved this without inheriting some large amount of wealth wow but why like why couldn't i have worked hard and achieved this you know so this is where like the whole motivation for normalized black wealth started
0: that makes so much sense and you, you know you're right and i've i've experienced some of that too with some of the things that I've accomplished and that the assumption that oh well your parents probably gave you some money or you inherited this or there's no way that you made these actual sacrifices behind the scenes that no one could see uh Uh you know yeah it's yeah I I totally totally get that totally get that but the good news is that sparked uh your inspiration to say no it is you know black wealth can be a normal thing and I'm gonna show you how so Uh i show you how to do this son (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's what's up um So my next question is, and I I normally don't ask this question because typically you have people on the show kind of as a source of inspiration. It's like, oh man, like I want to do this and I want to be like them. But this is a question that I think, you know, is is also needed because everything isn't for everybody. So who would you say real estate investing is not for? Um, Real estate
1: investing is not for anyone who wants Something easy. It's not easy. If you want easy, put your money in a savings account and earn 0.0003%. Like, right. <laughs> um So I think yeah, it's not for someone who just wants easy, but it's also if you are w- willing to like take risks to get those big rewards, then it's for you. If not, if you want to... I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but like, if you want to work until you're like 79... <laughs> Put your money in a savings account,
0: sit yeah. back and relax, cause that's easy and it's like stress free, right? But. Yeah. Got it, okay. So you, you dropped a lot of gems on us um, so far, but let's get a little bit tactical for a second. So thinking about your experience in real estate investing so far, and you know, some of the, the wins, some of the losses, like if someone were kind of getting started today, what are, like, a few of, like, the, the things, the must-know things that you would say uh, somebody should be considering and thinking about?
1: Uh, one, I would say really sit down and think about what your goals are. Like, don't invest in real estate because you saw me on Instagram doing it or anyone else. Um Think about what your specific money goals are and what your, like, long-term, just life goals are. Figure out what type of real estate investing fits, fits into that. I think it's so easy to get influenced by social media, good and bad, though. Like, we start to feel like we have to do things exactly as we see them. Mm-hmm. And my goal is not to... I don't want to push real estate down people's throat. I'm just saying, like, hey, it's possible. Do better than me. Like, right. and if you don't want to, cool. Um so that's the first thing like really write out your goals and of course the obvious things like things that you help people with like just get your finances in order um consider if you're gonna you know do mortgages are you only gonna do cash because there are you know different schools of thought on that too like getting mortgages versus buying properties cash only and then kind of start planning out um based on where you're gonna go
0: nice nice okay I hope y'all are, well, this hasn't gone live yet, but when it does, I hope y'all take some really good notes because she's giving away some gems that I'm sure people have paid great money for. So make sure you take that away. Uh, so what are you most excited about, Kendra? Like, what's what can we expect from you in the near future? And what are some things you're excited about? So
1: I have started doing... Um a lot more mentoring and a lot more like in-person workshops. So I'm super excited about some like different speaking engagements I have coming up. But to see my mentees flourish has me so hype. Like this one couple that I've been um, mentoring, they're about to get their first duplex. I've had, this is what like took me over the moon these past few months. I've had three single females have purchased multi-unit properties by themselves. what I love about it is people always say, like, oh, well, you're married, so it's easier. You have two incomes. No, like, y'all can do this. Like, if you put your mind to it and with the right knowledge and, you know, resources, that's where I come in, you can do this. It's just getting that information and, and taking the leap, so.
0: Nice, nice. That is so that is so awesome. That's so dope. I mean, I, I know um, cause I, 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 there's people that I mentor, and obviously I have, you know, actual one-on-one clients as well. So, to your point, it's always good to see people who actually apply that knowledge and it works for them. That's like the best gift you could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. yes. So this is a question that I feel like is kind of self-explanatory based upon, you know, what you do. Um, it's all about you know, preparing your legacy, but it is a question that uh, I ask every guest that comes on the show. So my question is, what would you say you're doing right now that is laying the framework for the foundation for the legacy that you intend to lead tomorrow.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think you know, just letting people learn from my mistakes and being very, you know, transparent in a way that lifts as I climb. Like, I really want people to remember me in that light. Like, I didn't just climb to the top and say, Oh, see y'all when y'all get here. You know, I'm really lifting as I climb and, um, I
0: think that's what I'm doing to, to build my legacy. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw um, a post on IG the other day, you know, and people always say, oh, I got haters and all this kind of stuff. And he brought up a good point. He was like, the reason why you got haters is because you're showing off the fruits of your labor, but you're not giving people the game. Like you're not helping mm-hmm. people, you know, understand, right, how you, how you got there. And so that hate will turn into a lot of supporters and friendship if you, to your point, reach back and climb. And show people, hey, look, this is what I did, right? But at the same token, I'm actually going to show you how you can do it too. Uh, and so yeah. I can, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I can be a witness that this, that's exactly what she's doing. As you can see, Kendra's a, a real estate mogul in the making, and she's share, sharing these resources, giving you all these keys. All puns intended. So we really, <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate that. And uh, so if someone wants to get in contact with you, uh, what's what's the best way? Where can they find you?
1: So find me on instagram like once you find me there everything else is in the link in my bio um so it's at the key resource um at the key resource on instagram and definitely you know if you've heard this episode reach out dm me um i'd love to chat
0: dope 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 so y'all ken so kenji you got a, you have a birthday coming up i didn't miss it did i no, it's on the 9th. So yeah, coming out so, of Gemini. So right right around the corner. Okay, so Kendra currently has a get me to ten K campaign. So if you're listening to this, uh, listen to this podcast, go over to Instagram, follow her. You won't regret it. She deserves a swipe up so that she can share these keys <laughs> even even easier. Uh, let's get Kendra to ten K. So you know, here's what we'll do to sweeten the deal. If you go Follow Kendra, and you're already following Melanin Money, I hope, right? Um, and if you comment on the picture that I post once this episode goes live with your favorite gem from this episode. We will select the random winner to give away a normalized Black Wealth t shirt to the winner. So, Love it. go follow Kendra, um, get tuned in and plugged into what she has going on. She has some great stuff, which is why I was so fortunate to collaborate with her so early, and hopefully, um, some other things. Um, in the future as you know uh, the stars align and time permits so Kendra thanks so much uh, for having you on the show um, for sharing these gems I can't wait to uh, air this episode live I know it will be beneficial for a lot of people
1: thank you thanks so much
0: absolutely alright guys until next time thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle show with your host George Palm where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion, and profit. Makes sense to me.